Psalm 119 is where we're going to be today. Psalm 119, and if you're wondering, yes, it is a monster chapter. It's huge. And so we're going to be in verse 105, just one verse of what may be the most epic chapter in all of the Bible as it relates to a love for God's Word. Psalm 119, 105. I titled the sermon today, Light the Lamp. Light the Lamp. And I am no hockey fan. I, I, I just didn't grow up around it, but apparently... That's like a hockey thing. Like you, if you get it in the net, the light goes on. And so didn't intend it to be that, but uh, cool, it is that. Um, my idea hit me years or months back when Jenny and I were, uh, were studying in devotions in the morning. And I just was like, you know, wouldn't it be good as a church to tackle a memorization project together, to share in it together? And so this is kind of how that came to pass. And on your way in, you should have received a, a, a little ring with 25 verses on it. They're short, potent scripture verses that we are going to work together then as a church to memorize and put those away in our hearts and our minds. Um, it's lighting the lamp, as it were, together, to light the lamp together. Psalm 119, 105. There's three parts to this kind of topical sermon that I put together today to dream a big dream. And, uh, and encourage us all to tackle this project. I want to begin with the first section, and uh, I titled that, The Light We Need. The Light We Need. Okay, listen to the psalmist in Psalm 119. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Okay, just a simple little verse, but he's saying so much. As one who was walking in the fear of the Lord, as one who was walking in faith and seeking to obey the Lord, he is walking each day by the light of God's Word. And Christians here today, that is how we walk. We are to walk day by day by the light of His Word. Now, in 1 Peter, we've learned that God has called us out of darkness when He saved us into His marvelous light. So we are a people of light who are surrounded, however, by darkness. This is the reality of the existence of believers in this world. It's dark around us, isn't it? I don't have to convince you that the darkness is all around. You just turn the news on and see it. There is evil and darkness in this world. Some of you come in contact with that on a regular basis in ways that others don't. But remember, the darkness is not just Around us, there is a haunting echo, as it were, of darkness that would seek to rise up within us, right? So the, the, the world, the flesh, and the devil. These are our three great enemies. So we've been brought out of the dark, called into the light, and yet we are at war with any darkness that would seek to come in and, and take that light that we have been given. And, and so we go to war with sin in our own life, and we stand to shine in a dark world all around us. Let me go back to this verse. I want you to see why the psalmist is so right to, to show his need for this light. Your word is a lamp. Now, think of all of the things he could have substituted. Well, I, I just get wisdom. I, I, just, I, I, I look over here. I, I, I watch Oprah right over here? Does anyone do that anymore? Is that a thing? I don't know. Um, but he says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light 
for my path. If you've been camping at, the, at nighttime, you know what this is like. It gets dark. And when you have a flashlight, you are provided then the light that you need for the next step along the way. Now, you don't probably carry the kind of light that is on the front of a locomotive, right, that's going to be lighting up for, for miles in advance. You have a light that is sufficient for what is before you. And so God's Word does that day by day. We need this light to walk in the way of the Lord, to, o- to obey the Lord, to understand what is good and right and true. The world would say, well, oh, Christian, you're, you're worrying about things you shouldn't, right? You should just look inside. Look inside. Follow your heart, says the world. Be true to yourself. Speak your truth. I always thought that was strange. Like truth can be possessed. It's either true or it's not, but it's not yours, right? Okay? You, you don't speak truth into existence. It's, it's either there or it's not. Now, you can say things that are true. Uh, here's another one. You're enough. You're enough. Now, that's world talk. That's not Christian talk. Not, not for us anymore. We are those who came out of that place of independence, of self-righteousness, uh, of self-reliance, and now we are those who walk in total dependence upon God. We look inside and we're like, yeah, nope, not finding what I need left to myself. It, I come up short. I am not enough left to myself. Who is sufficient? God is sufficient. Who do we need? We need Him and His Word to light the way. One of the things that is most true of this verse is that the psalmist has a healthy distrust for himself. You see that? I'm surrounded by the dark, I need your Word to light the way. I'm not just trusting me, intuition, my brain, my, my experiences. No, every day I need your word to be a light, a lamp and a light. This is important for us. Daily dependence, daily direction, daily bread, right? In Jesus' words. This is how we come. And I would encourage you, if this is not a a practice or a discipline in your life as a Christian, then make it so this week. Make it so. A first priority in the morning, run to the Word of God. Set the course of your day with the light of the lamp of God's Word. Let it shine what you need to put foot in front of foot this day. This practice will bless your life a million times over. We tend to have time for the things that matter, don't we? Yes, we're all busy. I hear that all the time. We're all, we're all busy. That's not going to change. If you're waiting for that to change, you'll be meeting the coffin before it does. It, it, you're busy. Retired people are busy. Believe it or not, they're busy. I, I keep learning this as I think about retirement, and a lot of the people I talk to, say, man, we're busy, right? So you're never not going to be busy The question is, what matters? What matters in your morning? You'll make time for it. There's time for that coffee maker, right? There's there's time for that, that breakfast. How about the daily bread? Is there time? Come to the Word. Light the lamp and let the Lord lead the path for your day. The Holy Word of God, here's a few reminders of the 
precious treasure that you have open before you. Think of how amazing this book is. It is the holy Word of God. That's not just sanctimonious religious talk. When I say it's the holy Word, I mean there is no other book like this book. It is wholly set apart, completely in its own category. There's no other book in your house like a Bible. It is the Word of God, the living Word of God, Hebrews 4.12. It lives, and as you read it, you hear from God. This is His Word. It's inspired and inerrant. Inspired. So think of 2 Timothy 3.16 and 17. All Scripture is breathed out or inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. That is what your Bible is for you. It is a an opportunity for you. What a treasure we have in the Word of God. It is inerrant in the original manuscripts, which means that you can trust it. It speaks to its infallibility. It's true and it's trustworthy. You can bank upon it. We we sang just a second ago about how God preserves His words. He doesn't just inspire them. He preserves the words. He protects them. Even the work that is being done Uh, right now, overseas, by one of our missionaries, is carefully, painstakingly done under the guidance of the Lord as He is preserving His holy Word so that it might be brought to a new people group in their own tongue. You have that in your Bible. You can trust it. There is no truth that is proclaimed from the pages of this Bible that is anything short of absolute. It is true, and I would say this, Every other truth claim that you come up against is to be held against the standard of God's holy word. You see what I mean? It's not just true. It sets the standard for what truth is. Anything that falls short of the truth of this book is not true. It is deceitful. It is a lie. It's a mirage. This is why it's timeless and unchanging. The word of God is ever relevant. Think of it this way. There's all the talk about what's relevant. Truth is always relevant. Truth with a capital T, the Word of God, is always relevant. It never will will pass out of of, of relevancy. It's never antiquated or or just, well, that's what my grandparents believed. But we've moved on to, to what? It's as true today as it was 150 years ago, and it'll be as true 10,000 years from now. That's your Bible, my friends. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. Isaiah 40, verse 8, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. What a, ooh, it's awesome. We have that. Do you feel that? Think around the world right now of those who have no access to the book that is in front of you. Think of the treasure you have. How many Bibles do you have in your home? Have you counted them? 
We are blessed beyond measure, friends. And yet, how often does this book gather dust? And fellow believers, half a world away, would give anything for some time in that book. We are so blessed. And it's one of the challenges. When you have a lot of something, it's easy to take it for granted. What a treasure we have in this book. It's timeless. It's unchanging. It's authoritative. Boy, if you need a word from the Lord, you don't have to go out and and hug a tree to have a word from the Lord. You don't have to empty your mind and, and do weird things with your fingers and light incense and do crazy. No. Where do you hear from God? Right here. This is where He has spoken. This is where He speaks. For all the talk in Pentecostalism about the Holy Spirit and all of the emphasis upon, oh, I just need a, a word, I just need a miracle, I need to see, I need to know, I need, to, I need something fresh. And the Holy Spirit, the whole time, it's like He's just screaming, I wrote a book. It's complete. It's all here. Everything you need. It's authoritative. Beyond any liver quiver or... or Weird experience you might have. Don't put confidence there. Trust the word of the Lord. When we obey Scripture, we obey God. When we read the word of God, we hear from God. So listen with your eyes. Listen with your eyes. This memory project is going to be good for us. We need this. So often we encourage our kids to memorize Scripture, but... It's like somehow this this thing, like somehow you outgrow that? No, we need it. In in some cases, our kids need to help us memorize Scripture. I bet there's a number of kids in here that have a bunch of these verses already stowed away. So we've got work to do, an opportunity before us. The Holy Word of God, it is sufficient. It is sufficient for all things pertaining to life and godliness. Everything you need to live a life to the glory of God is right here in this book. It's here. And the Spirit of God who indwells you, believer, is pointing you to this book. Don't walk through the week with it closed. Jump into it. Treasure this gift of God. Your righteousness is righteous forever and your law is true, the psalmist said in this same chapter. The sum of your word is truth. That's an awesome statement. Cover to cover. You want truth with a capital T? There it is. The sum total of it all. Truth. Every one of your righteous rules endures forever. They are ever relevant, ever true. Jesus prayed for us, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Oh, the treasure of this book. That's why Don Whitney said it this way in the recommended reading book for this month. He wrote, no spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's word. That's a big statement. No spiritual discipline is more important than the steady here intake, the the, the bringing in of God's Word. Nothing can substitute for it. There is simply no healthy Christian life apart from a diet of the milk and meat of Scripture. Is this something that defines your life? Is this something that you give yourself to day by day? Not cold and mechanically, 
but with all your heart because you treasure it. Oh, incline my heart to your testimonies and not to worthless things, right? That's the same chapter, Psalm 119. If you're not there, then pray that prayer. Father, incline my heart to your word. Make it warmer in my taste. I want it to warm me up. I want to crave it like this man craved it in Psalm 119. So the first section, I wanted to emphasize how important it is day by day, how we need God's Word to light the way every day in our lives. The second section I want to do today is to draw out how precious it is. Sometimes when you go into a a memorization project, it's easy for it to just become mechanical. Don't do that. Don't, Don't just check things off the list. When you go into this, Think of it as rehearsing a love letter. Ginny and I dated uh, for a while. We were 2,500 miles apart uh, dating, and uh, it, was, it was not fun. It's not easy. That was before the cell phone. Man, I feel so old. It was before cell phones and texting like that, and you have to pay per minute. So we would write these love letters back and forth, and you check the mail, and you get a letter, and you're like, oh, wow. Oh, whoa, it smells good, too. And and the X's and O's, and you're hanging on every word. And you don't just read it and set it aside, do you? That is your connection to the person you love. And so you, you read it, and then, then you read it again. And you begin to recall those lines. And she had the same experience on her side. As I would write her love letters, and my writing was a lot harder. So it took her longer to read it just to figure out what I was writing. But she would rehearse it. We actually kept those, and we pulled out a box the other day, and oh my goodness, it's funny some of the things we said when we were just lost in love in those early days, goofy things. I don't even understand what we were talking about, but we just were madly in love, and we were writing back and forth, and those letters bridged the gap of the distance. Friends, that is what this is. This book before you is a love letter from God. He has written this book to bless your life. And we are called to rehearse it, to be in it, to crave it, to, to, to hang on the words. Why? Because we love Him. We know Him. It speaks of who He is. The heart and the mind go together. It's amazing how much your mind will remember what your heart says is important. When I was in eighth grade, I loved the 49ers. Any 49er fans in here brave enough to raise your hand? I don't root for them as much anymore. We had two in the first service. I saw them being hauled out later on. No. I was a huge 49er fan, and when I was in eighth grade, they were amazing. I'm talking Montana, Jerry Rice, my guys, right? They were killing it. Super Bowl rings left and right. And I was into football cards, so I had all the football cards. And the notebook with the plastic, you know, why did we do that anyway? But I had studied the team. I knew them well. So when I was going to watch a game and I was going to root for the Niners, I knew every guy on the field. I could tell you what team they played for before they came to the team. I could tell you their stats for that season. I could tell you who was injured. I could tell you who they should go to on the next play because he would definitely catch the ball. I, I had it down. And I remember watching a game with my dad one time, and I was just telling him all of this information. And he was shocked 
at all of what I had put away in my mind. And he very tactfully said, you know, it's amazing the connection between the mind and the heart, Jer. I wonder if, if you were to put some of the same focus on God's Word. Now, he wasn't raining on my parade. Football's great. It makes a terrible idol, though. And oh, how easy. Something good can become something bad when you give your heart to it. It took up a lot of brain capacity that I didn't even realize was being used. Why was it so easy to memorize? Because I treasured that team. We can learn from this. If we treasure God and we treasure His Word, memorizing will not be a burden. It will be a joy. The reason I say that is we we can't come mechanically to this project. We have got to come with love and delight to His Word. The heart and mind go together. Matthew 6, 21. For where your treasure is, you're going to find your heart there also. That's where your heart will be. Do you love God? Then you will love His Word. If you love God, you will love His Word. And the more you love God, the more you're going to love His Word. And here's what's amazing. It loops. Because the more you love His Word, the more you're going to see of who He is. The more you're going to be in awe of His beauty and glory and His love. And your love will increase. And all the more, it's a never-ending cycle in the Christian life. Jesus said, listen, if you love me, you will obey my commandments. So don't don't talk about love for God. Well, it's just a label I wear. I love God. But I care nothing for his commandments. I care nothing for his word. I walk through life as a practical atheist. But oh, I love God. I love Jesus. Jesus himself would say, I don't think you do. The call is, A love for God is going to linger on His words, cherish His words, care about what He says, and when He commands, absolutely, I'm all in. Let's go. Love for God and love for His Word go hand in hand. You might say, well, Pastor, I'm I'm just not a book guy. I'm not a reader. I'm like, I'm with you. That wasn't me either. As a kid, I read as few books as possible. I couldn't stand libraries. They freaked me out, honestly. I don't know. It was weird. I hardly ever went to the library. Um, but guess what? God wrote a book. So, Christian, you're a book person. You, 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 that's not a choice. Like, you're a book person. And you, you, some, some of us have to choose to read more. Some of us have to choose to engage My wife can plow through books. I've never seen anybody read like her. She comes home from the library, a place I never go, with a stack of books this tall. And and I blink, and she's heading back for more. How does she do it? Well, she's just a reader. I'm not. But guess what? We both are readers. We choose to love God in His Word. Listen to it as you drive. Engage His Word. Memorize His Word. Okay. What's the goal? We want to know Him. We just want to know Him. When you taste and see how good He is, you want more. And so you just keep digging. We want to know Him. I would say this. We want to know Him as He is, truly. 
so that we can love Him more fully. So know Him truly to love Him fully. That is our aim in this work, to know Him in His Word. We want to treasure Him more. We want to worship Him in in a way that is as right and fitting as He calls us to. And we want to trust Him. The more you know Him, the more you're going to trust Him. The more you see who He is, the more you're going to say, yeah, that's, that's where I depend. That's, that's where I, I lean everything on Him. And the more you know Him, you're going to rest in Him, and you're going to obey Him. This helps us find motivation for Scripture memory. Remember the goal. The goal is not just be the guy in the room who can rattle off the most verses. Knowledge puffs up. Love builds up. That's what we're aiming for. We want to know Him and love Him and hang on every word. My goal is, over time, to fill that ring up with verses. The first installment is 25. Second installment comes mid-September, another 25. And who knows in the coming years how many verses we can put away in our minds and our hearts together. How the Lord will bless Good Shepherd Bible Church as we do so. That's the vision. I rejoice at your word. The psalmist says, oh, I rejoice at your word like one who finds great spoil. Is that your heart delight? Is that what you feel on Monday morning when you open your Bible? If it's not, pray, Lord, help me. Grow my joy in your word. I want to treasure you as I read. Psalm 119, 14 through 16, in the, in the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight. There's that word again. It's my favorite word. Honestly, I love this word. I remember in Bible school, I wrote an entire paper on this word delight because it so captured my heart for God. That's why our daughter is named Grace Delight Pickens. I delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Oh, friends, that's a commitment to make. I will put it to memory. I will remember it. I will hold it. I will retain it. I will review it. I will keep it ever before me. The word meditate here stands out to me. I will meditate on your precepts. Sometimes when we talk about meditation, Christians get a little slippery, like, whoa, hey, I thought, you know, we're not, we're not Eastern meditation people. We don't, we don't you know, light the incense and, and empty our minds. And you're right, we don't. But we do meditate. We're called in Scripture to meditate. So what are we doing when we meditate on the Word of God? We are not emptying our minds. We are filling our minds, crowding out sin, filling our minds with light and joy and delight in God. Truth. We meditate. And you'll find as you meditate, memorization is hand in hand with it. It's just connected. It goes together. The longer you linger, the more you'll remember. I'm not against taking large passages. That's a wonderful thing. Read, reading the Bible in a year, excellent, go for it. But I would say this, sometimes we need to just slow way down. 
Slow down as you read. I'll give you an example. We had uh, a mint plant at our house near our front door in Yakima. And whenever the sprinklers would run, it would, it would hit that mint and it would just smell so good. Have you ever had this experience with like a spearmint plant? It just, when it, when it gets hit by a sprinkler, it just releases this wonderful smell. And so I'd be walking past and it would just grab me and oh man, I'd have to go over there and just take it in. But if you really want to engage the fullness of that plant, what do you do? You reach down and you grab one of those soft leaves. Have you ever felt a mint plant? How soft their leaves are? They're like silk. And, and, you, and you stop and you stare at it and then you do this. You just start rubbing your fingers. And as you rub that between your fingers, the most powerful, potent spearmint smell is released. And I was joking with the first service. I was the guy in the neighborhood by the front door who was constantly stopping and being like, oh, so good, so smells so good. That's meditation in the Bible. That's what it is. Yes, when you're reading in the morning and you're, you're walking past, you're like, oh, it smells great. It's easy to just keep walking right on into the day. Here's what I would encourage you to do. Slow down. Come back in and pause and linger and then take a leaf, one verse even, just a statement and meditate. Rub it between your fingers. Just take some time and enjoy it. Look at the verse and consider all of its beauty and connections. I'll show you. Here's one that you're going to memorize. Romans 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What a verse. This is a spectacular de declaration over the Christian life. Meditation, you might read all of Romans 8 and just say, I can come back to this one verse. Listen to one way of meditating on God's Word. It's, it's called a repetition, re repetition with emphasis, okay? So you go like this. There is, therefore, now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is. It, it, it's present. That is a possibility. There is, therefore, oh, there's therefore now no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. So, well, that points us back to all that Paul has said. Because of what Christ has done, because of our need he established in the first three chapters and all of the provision of Christ and are engaging that by faith and, and the peace with God that comes in Romans 6 and, and obedience and, and sanctification in 6 and 7 and glory moves us to 8. There is therefore, right? And then you read the next time. And sometimes people will write it out. If you write a little verse like this 10 times, you are close to having it locked away in your head. There is therefore now no condemnation. That means today I can experience that reality. There is therefore now no condemnation. Consider this. Once the foe, our righteous God, who with wrath held us under his just recompense, now because of Christ is no longer our judge and executioner, he is our father. Look at what just pausing and rubbing that leaf will do. Sit there and wait and watch the beauty explode from this verse. That's just one verse. 
Meditating on God's Word will help us to memorize God's Word, and it pushes the heart into the mix, not just the head. It's not just mechanical. It's love and delight. Now, the third section is the work. It takes work. We've got to store it away. Storing God's Word away. That's the mission. That's our, that's our assignment together. Jesus said this in John 8, 31. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. If you abide, think of that word. If you abide in. So make your dwelling in my word. Live there. Put roots down like a tree. Deep. That's Psalm 1. Like a tree planted by streams of water. So put your roots down into the, the, the flowing waters of God's word and watch what happens. Live there. Jesus, uh, in, in Colossians, Paul says this, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So both the call for us to go to and abide, but also for the word to dwell in us. That's a call to memorization as well, to embracing the Word, to, to, to delighting in the Word. And the word richly is beautiful. It means it's not an afterthought. It's not like football cards memorization, where it just happens. Or I was joking with Jenny, um, I can pull into the church and, and usually tell who's inside the building by the cars in the parking lot. I don't know why. I don't mean to memorize that, but I usually know what you drive. I can't reverse it, so don't test me. But it's, it's, the, it's the most annoying thing. I would love to just eliminate that from my memory to free up some space, you know. It's not like that. The richly points us to purposeful, intentional, persistent, like keep at it as we live and love our Lord. We live in His verses. Dwell there and let them dwell in you. Psalm 119, back to our chapter, I have stored up your word in my heart. Look at his goal, that I might not sin against you. There is value in Scripture memory to bring defense against sin. This is what we talked about in the opening section, both the, the darkness out here, but also that sin which would like to try to trip me up and, and so easily tangle my feet as I run the race of faith. Store up the word so that the sword can be leveraged against sin in your life. I think of this as stocking the pantry. If you're hungry and you go to the pantry and you haven't been doing the work that needs to be done in advance, you'll open those doors and guess what? There's nothing there. There's nothing to draw from. But oh, my friends, if you have planned in advance and you have shopped and you are then hungry and you open those doors and you have a full pantry... Think of the resources to be brought to bear to meet that need, that moment. The same is true of the Word of God in the Christian life. Stock the pantry with the verses you will need tomorrow when that tire goes flat and you didn't see it coming or you get a pink slip that you didn't anticipate or whatever may come. Stock the pantry today. Put away the, the verses What's amazing, it's truly amazing, is how the Holy Spirit works with the Word of God, memorized. Okay, think of this. The one who wrote this book, right, the one, the one who brought this book to pass is indwelling you, Christians. 
He is indwelling you today, fully in you. And he is ministering to you in all kinds of different ways. One of his most incredible blessings is through his word. This book and your, the, the Holy Spirit that is in you are connected. So if you fall asleep with your Bible on your head, you are not going to learn verses. You, that's not, that's not, it's not going to put them away. You can't learn by osmosis. But if you commit yourself to memorizing the Word of God, you are literally equipping the Holy Spirit with resource to bring to bear for your blessing. His sword is the Word. The sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Ephesians 6, it points us to, to armoring up. Memorization is one of those goals. So when you're facing temptation and you need the Spirit of God to bring a verse to mind to wield, put that verse away so that when it happens, the sword swings and you have victory. So many ways this happens in our life. God's Word provides comfort in the midst of suffering. I think of Psalm 73, verse 25. Whom have I in heaven but you? And on the earth is nothing I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You want to see God wield that in your life? When you are discouraged and when you're suffering through a trial, memorize that verse. I share that often in the hospital as I'm going through and encouraging people. I think of this one when I'm struggling, when I'm discouraged, or when it's dark in the middle of winter. Get yourself in the mirror. Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. I shall again praise Him. My salvation and my God. Isaiah 42, verse 11. This is, this is the Spirit at work meeting you in your need and strengthening you, building you up. Wisdom for counseling others. Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. It's so important to look to the Lord for wisdom. And as you share wisdom, point to His Word. Share verses. Remember the references, though, so people don't think that you're making it up. You want to be able to open your Bible and say, look here. This is where it's at. This is where it's at. Let me read it to you. Certainty of gospel accomplishments. Mm. Here goes my brain. Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. Therefore, it is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh right now, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. You talk about strength in your day when you're, you're feeling discouraged or uncertain, uh, uncertain of how things are going. Here's one that I go to all the time, almost every day. 1 John 1.9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. All the gospel verses, the gospel confidence, all that he has done for us power to fight against temptation. Psalm 16, verse 11, you lead me in the paths of righteousness. In your presence is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures 
forevermore. What are you going to offer, world? You can't touch what I get from my God. I walk in the light. I want what He has for me. Righteousness, joy, pleasure. Get out of here with that. That temptation, whatever it may be. The, the sword is swinging. The Spirit is at work as He brings these verses. In the moment, you need them. You might not have your Bible in front of you, but you have it with you. Confidence in evangelism. Oh, one of the greatest challenges to evangelism I've heard over the years is that people are intimidated by it. They, 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 they struggle. It's scary. I'm scared to initiate that conversation. I'll tell you, one of the things that will give you incredible confidence is just five gospel verses memorized. You always have them in your head. You, you know the gospel because you've memorized five gospel verses. I mean, John 3.16, we know this, right? If you don't know this, memorize this. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish. That's in the fires of hell, right? But have eternal life. Romans 5.8, God demonstrates His love for us in this. That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And all that goes from there. We could keep going, Right? Memorize some gospel verses and watch God work. The authority in your sharing of the gospel is no more potent than when you're quoting Scripture. When you're quoting Scripture. And His Word does not return void. It goes out in power and accomplishes what God ordains it to accomplish. Fuel for God-glorifying worship. I think of Isaiah 46 I think it's verse 11. Um, I am God and there, was, uh, there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I declare the, the end from the beginning. From ancient times, things not yet done, saying my counsel shall stand. I will accomplish all my purpose. A God of glory. There's no other God like Him. To stir your heart in worship. I promise to persevere. Philippians 1 verse 6. I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion the day of Jesus Christ. You see how this works? It just, just comes. It just happens. The Lord just brings these verses. Persevere in your faith, believer. Clarity to discern truth from error. Right? Take no part in the fruitless deeds of darkness, but instead what? Expose them. Here's the problem. This is where I need my wife. I think it's in Ephesians, but I don't remember where. Okay? I got work to do. So keep at it. Put these verses to memory. 25 potent memory verses the Lord will use in all kinds of ways through His Spirit to bless your life and encourage and minister to you. A few things to encourage you as you go about this work. Be purposeful and disciplined. This takes work, but it matters. It's worth it. It's, worth, it's worth, worth the work, right? So put it in the time. Do what you need to do to memorize. Write it out 10 times. Say it aloud over and over. Meditate on it. And then be, be like realistic. You're not going to memorize all these today. So maybe do one uh, a, a day, or if you want to slow it down, do one a week. We've got a number of, uh, of months before we get, get to round two. Practice for precision. Think of what is being done 
and the translating work overseas and how careful they are with every word. Yet that matters for us too. When you memorize, don't just get the general sense. Don't put it in your own words. Say it exactly like the Bible says it. That's what you want to be able to share. It's, it's not, well, it's kind of like this. No, this is what the Lord has said. Boom, 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 boom. That takes work. You've got to practice for precision. And remember references. It's always hard. This is where review helps, constantly reviewing, which is why I put it on that ring. That's how we did Greek in Bible school. I had ring after ring of Greek words, and it works really well. So we're starting our ring here. My goal is to fill it up, and we'll do another ring maybe in a a year or two. Who knows? Uh, We're just putting Scripture away together as a church. Treasured truth is worth remembering. That's what I would say. Treasured truth is worth remembering. So when your eyes grow dim and you can no longer read, you're going to be okay because you've got it. You've got it locked away. A few things in response this morning. Three, number one, run to the light of God's word every day. Don't walk. Run eagerly. Run to this treasure and open it up and listen to him talk. Listen to him reveal to you, not speculation, revelation, the truth with a capital T. Second, treasure and obey God in his word. It is not just a work of the mind. This is a work of heart. This is a work of of, of fighting and killing sin. This is a work of perseverance and obedience. We treasure him and we obey him. And number three, Meditate and memorize to the glory of God. This is a privilege we have, friends. Let's make the most of it for His glory. Amen? Let's pray. Oh, Father, we are so blessed by You to have this holy Word before us. We think of how incredible it is that we are living at the time that we are, that we have a completed canon from cover to cover, the sufficient Word of God. We are called to live sola scriptura, by Scripture alone. It is our authority. It is our delight and joy. It is your love letter to us. May we treasure it all the more. Oh, Father, accomplish that through your Spirit in us. Thank you for the indwelling spirit that lives in us and that delights to open our eyes and teach us as we study your word. Stir a hunger, a greater hunger for your word in the people of Good Shepherd Bible Church that we would be more consistently pursuing you, that we would would know you more truly and love you more completely. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.